0: Bonjour, hello, and happy Thursday, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to the Pick of the Blitz podcast. Uh, Just a quick proviso, we are one man short today. Just me and Nick on the pod today. Trevor, unfortunately, couldn't make it to today's show, but he will be back sooner rather than later, so no worries. We've got a lot to discuss on today's show, on today's podcast. Uh, As usual, this Thursday show during the NFL season will be all things NFL. We'll obviously be getting into a... A bit of Dolphins football, as our podcast listeners know we like to do, because Dolphins are playing primetime today. So, Ooh, as our uh, yes, they the, are, as the uh, bookend to our Thursday show, when we get to do our Thursday night football primer, we'll be talking Miami Dolphins. So, definitely uh, stay tuned for that specifically. Uh, we're going to do uh, all the usual for our Thursday show. I'll be giving you some game picks, the things we saw in last week. Obviously, we'll be talking quite a few significant injuries, how that changes the NFL landscape. We will be going into the things we're most excited to see in week three. Definitely a lot of really interesting matchups to be looking forward to. There are uh, quite a few uh, really good games in the AFC, AFC specifically. So lots to, lots to break down here. But first, let's take a look back. Nick, let's take a look back at last week. Week two had uh, a lot of large, uh, far-reaching ramifications that you don't expect from a week two NFL football. Uh, specifically on the injury for, uh, front. So, what
1: were your biggest takeaways, biggest reactions from a really crazy week too? Man, so the you already alluded to it. The injuries were insane. Um, so I, you know, let's talk about that later. Uh, other other surprises, or I guess not okay. surprises, but biggest takeaways is the Falcons. I feel so bad for the Falcons. Ever since they were up twenty-eight to three against the New England Patriots, they have just Everything seems to fall apart for them, um, and, and you. Can, and on Sunday, you know, being up by a bajillion points to lose is is quite um, quite unfortunate for a Falcons franchise who hasn't well. seemed right. You know, hasn't seemed like they've been able to overcome that that um, that comeback by the New England Patriots years ago. I think that was the first time in modern history where a team scored thirty nine points with no. Not modern history. I think all of football history the first time ever that a team scored 39 points with not without turning the ball over and lost Uh, so they're they're making history but for terrible terrible reasons Um, yeah you know so that that's something that stuck out to me and also the fact that jacksonville has had two games in a row and i know we'll talk a little bit about them when we talk some dolphins later so i won't i won't spoil all the fun but the fact that two weeks in a row jacksonville has put up some pretty impressive offensive numbers I think is it, it, it's mind-blowing when you look at their roster right and we'll talk about it like I said in, in a little bit but it's just when you look at it the fact that they're putting up 30 points against a good Titans defense is a little uh let's let's say flabbergasting I feel like that's a good word for this yeah that's uh, that's that's a big word but that's a
0: no, I know that's big a words word. Justin I know big words <laughs> you are a teacher you are a teacher <laughs> that's true. um so the, the Jacksonville Jaguars have been, have been uh, like you said, far more competitive than, than people expected. What I've been so impressed, though, about is, is Gardner Minshew's ability to keep this team in games when it doesn't really look like they should be in games. Even when the rest of the squad isn't playing really well, he provides such a spark to that offense mm-hmm. that makes me think there is a very real chance that he is Jacksonville's starting quarterback of the foreseeable future, not just the placeholder until they suck and get someone else. This, like, I don't think this right. is necessarily just a, we're waiting for Trevor Lawrence situation in Jacksonville, which is what everybody thought it was going to be when they traded yeah. myself included. big names, you know? So that's yeah. it's, it's certainly interesting. I mean, we'll get into them more with Thursday Night Football. So I want to I wanna highlight a couple of other matchups. And the fact that you picked two that do not overlap with mine shows you how much interesting football there
1: was <laughs> last week. The, it's not usual that that works out that way. No, usually, we were copying overlap. Each
0: other. Yeah, uh, there are uh, like four or five games that I that actually really um, I I think had some really big takeaways. The first of which is Rams Eagles, and specifically, what the heck is going on with Carson Wentz? Like, what the heck is going
1: on with Carson Wentz? He looks like yeah. one of the worst quarterbacks in football, and Carson and, Wentz is not I've bad. spoken. I've spoken to a lot of Eagles fans over the past couple of days, and they are they're over it. They are they're done with Carson Wentz, which I think is so fascinating when you think just a couple of years ago, he was an MVP candidate before he tore his ACL. And now uh, now they're ready to move on. It's weird. And I think that's uh, no pun intended, too much of a
0: knee jerk reaction here. Like, I think I think that that's <laughs> I, I think that's a little much. Carson Wentz, when you look at raw talent, right, is is easily. One of the top 10 in terms of athletic ability and in most other tangible um, aspects of the quarterback outside of these past two games. Carson Wentz is it. He's like he's the real deal. He's the only reason the Eagles were anything resembling a playoff team last year. They lost every single weapon on that offense at some point during the season. The defense was good, not great. And Carson Wentz literally put that team on his back to make the playoffs. And then after two really poor performances in which he's lost, by the way, Carson Wentz is currently playing without his starting left tackle. He was playing a couple of these games that is starting right tackle. He's playing without Brandon Brooks, one of the best guards in the NFL, and he'll be doing so for the rest of the season. And after two games in which there was no significant training camp, in which there was no preseason, you're you're ready to move on from someone you paid over $100 million to.
1: Like, you you don't think that, do you think that's odd? Of course, I think it's odd. I'm not I'm not one of those uh, Eagles fans that are ready to pull the plug. Eagles fans. I I love them because of their passion. But they 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 do tend to have that. um, What's the nicest way I can put this? Uh, They overreact a little bit, you know, and it's I think this is just an overreaction. He's having a rough start to the year. Again, it's everybody's having a rough start to the year. The, the Eagles fans that are complaining that Carson Wentz is struggling right now, they should just be happy that he didn't get injured like every other player that has a name to their like, – that that you can follow uh, did in the NFL uh, last week. So, you know, I think everyone needs to calm down when it comes to Carson Wentz's struggles. He, he'll be fine. Give them give them a little bit of time to, to get, get that, the rest of that rust off, and, and they'll be okay. It's not something to worry about. I agree. And I think this week three matchup against a very soft
0: Cincinnati Bengals defense, and we'll go into our game picks in a bit, but a little so, bit of foreshadowing. I think
1: this is a get right matchup for him. So then I'll ask you if he struggles again against a poor Cincinnati defense, what, what does that change your opinion?
0: No, like no. I it, I agree. Change, does it doesn't for me either. Does it it doesn't either. change well, it doesn't change my opinion such that like now you move on from Carson Wentz because he struggled in game three, too. I don't do, under no circumstance. Unless Carson Wentz gets hurt, do I think the Eagles should be benching him for Jalen Hurts
1: at any point this season? Oh no, I completely agree. That is
0: that is an absolute no. Jalen Hurts, as fun as he was to watch in college, is not Carson Wentz. And so you give Carson Wentz every single ounce of opportunity possible to keep being the franchise quarterback that he's been whenever he's been on the field. I know that Carson Wentz has not won a playoff game. That's not that's not lost on me, but. You know, just because Nick Foles carried a very championship-ready team to the Super Bowl, when Carson Wentz, in all likelihood, would have been the exact same thing, does not make it so that Carson Wentz now struggling should now not be the quarterback. Which, by the way, I've seen online people are like, "Oh, they should have kept Nick Foles." No, they should not. Have kept- no, Nick it Foles is- just lost the quarterback battle to Mitch Trubisky.
1: Ex- I was just going to say that he the words right out of my mouth. If you can't, if you can't beat Mitch Trubisky in a quarterback battle, you don't want that guy starting for you. And Jacksonville. Exactly. Jack, think, Jack, it was probably a good thing for know that he got hurt because they discovered Minshew. If not, they would have been, you know, probably still going forward with this Nick Foles experiment that probably wouldn't have ended well for them. Exactly. Anyone listening now,
0: feel free to throw your your two cents in the chat or request to speak. We're definitely interested in what you guys have to say. So with regards to Wentz, I think we both agree. You Everyone just be a little patient. He'll he will put what, it back. What did there. Aaron
1: Rodgers say a few a few years ago? R e l R-E-L, yeah, relax exactly.
0: Just just relax. Carson Wentz is still the quarterback you think he is. It's just he's 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 down some offensive linemen. He's down some weapons, and he had no pre- Just just give him give him some time. He'll he'll come around. He's still the quarterback you thought. At least in my opinion. Um, so another game that I thought was very interesting and which I'm sure we'll play into a little bit of our, we talked about it a little bit on our, on our Dolphin show earlier this week, Chiefs Chargers. Oof. What a game.
1: What an what. unexpectedly exciting game. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I'll, I'll let, I know that's your pick, so I'll let you analyze, but I couldn't agree with you more. I had no idea that it was going to, when that game was on the docket, I think everybody in America thought it was going to be a, a blowout in favor of the cheats, uh, chiefs, not cheats, chiefs,
0: especially when, especially when three seconds before the game started, we found out Justin Herbert would be playing and not Tyrod. And that, that scenario, poor Tyrod Taylor, your, and, tea, your
1: and then, doctor. and then a couple of days later, right? So you injure your chest. And then a few days later, your doctor, the guy you're supposed to trust to make it better, made it so much worse. Yes.
0: Like it's so I, unfortunate. It's I feel so bad for Tyrod Taylor and and uh, like the fact that Justin Herbert came in and exceeded all expectations. I mean, obviously, what a storyline that is. Now Herbert potentially people are already buying into as the future in Los Angeles. But God, do you have to feel for Tyrod Taylor, who was coming off a win, had still a solid team around him, and getting another shot to start, and now. All of a sudden. And by the way, when Tyrod Taylor went when in Cleveland, when he was in Cleveland before, uh, was, before was that? Was, that's when Baker came in, right? Didn't Tyrod Taylor get hurt, and then Baker came in, yeah. and took the
1: job. Yes, <laughs> it's happening all over again. The poor guy. Uh, yeah, he never, he never he never catches a break. Uh, that's no. the same thing that happened to him in Buffalo, right? As yeah, well, and he, he led Buffalo to the playoffs, and then the next year they took Josh Allen. Isn't that? Yes,
0: the guy is always you know, being
1: overtaken by someone, that, and he is a capable quarterback too. I, I agree. I don't think I don't I don't think he's going to light the world on fire, but he's he's a comparable like a. He's one of those guys that's not going to kill you or hurt you. He he can run the offense. He can do decent enough to give your team a chance to win. But yeah, you gotta feel bad for the guy when when your own doctor punctures your lung and basically. <laughs> Basically makes you lose another starting job. Now, now I have a question for you, Justin, and I'm interested yeah. to hear what your thoughts are. Do are you you said you're that a lot of people are excited about Justin Herbert and I'm not ready yet to anoint him the answer. Um, just like I'm not necessarily ready to anoint Joe Burrow, the answer or even to Tagovailoa the answer, because one game is not enough of a sample size to uh. To, to put that kind of weight on a quarterback's sh- shoulders. Now, if he goes out there and in the next three or four games shows you a little bit of something, then yeah, absolutely. But one game, I, I think, you know, I don't know if we need to start – I don't know if he if, – if I'm ready to give him that that uh, savior of the franchise title. No, no,
0: no, no. Not no que- – it's been one game. There's not, not even a question, but what, what I think is the – you know, a, good team, I mean, a, a, a great game, Yes, a really good game against the Super Bowl champion. So I guess the interesting point here now looking forward is Herbert now is playing the Carolina Panthers. Pretty soft defense, right? So in your opinion, let's say Herbert beats the Carolina Panthers, maybe in convincing fashion. Do you keep him in, or do you bring back Tyrod once his chest is healthy and his
1: lungs are fine? No, I think if you're smart, if you're um – if you're Anthony Lynn, it's time. It's time to to shelf Tyrod Taylor. Justin Herbert played better than I think. I really feel uh, Tyrod would have ever done. Um, so you got to You got to keep that ball rolling, especially if he has that kind of success against against Carolina. You gotta um, you gotta roll with the hot hand on that one. Sorry, Tyrod. I I think he's a good quarterback, but not <laughs> not for. I uh, almost said San Diego, not for L. A. At this point.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree. You you need to roll with your rookie momentum. Like your your rookie comes in and he plays really well. You want to feed off that confidence. You know you want to you want to you want to push him as far as you possibly can to keep excelling, rather than you know let that hot hand cool off. And then Tyrod goes in, and then they lose a couple games, and then through the end of the season you put Herbert back in, and then what if the magic's gone? Right? Like th- there is such a thing as a hot hand in the NFL. And it, if it's there, you want to keep it going. You know, I think that's the, pretty important. Agreed. So that is my analysis. I agree. Uh, Ethan, Ethan wants to jump up here. Ethan, what are your, Ethan, what are your thoughts on the topic?
2: Curious. What, uh, what y'all thought, um, <clears throat> about the, like something that someone actually on locker room mentioned, Uh, the other day um, that I I think I agree with and hadn't really occurred to me um, is this idea that um, in some ways maybe a backup quarterback always has this advantage but you have a guy as talented as Herbert that he kind of walked into obviously no one you don't want to go up against the Super Bowl champs in your first start necessarily but that Tyrod Taylor scratch was so late that there was, you know, I just think there's no comp between Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. And so like if you're the chiefs defense and you spend a week basically just preparing for Tyrod Taylor, and then all of a sudden game day rolls around and you're playing Justin Herbert. I mean, it's, it's not like you're facing a completely different team, but just stylistically, I mean, Herbert and Taylor, are not that similar. So I almost, I'm kind of with Anthony Lynn in this idea that, look, we think we might be, we might be a pretty good team. We think our defense might be really good. We think our offense might be good enough. And, and so you, you know, if you stick with Tyrod Taylor there, I think a Tyrod gives you a a higher floor maybe than Justin Herbert, but B, I also wonder how replicable Sunday is for a guy like Justin Herbert, if you're actually named the starter and teams actually spend all week preparing for you and your style of play, who knows if the chiefs even, you know, they would have had to go back and watch like Oregon tape to like have an idea of what to expect from Justin Herbert. So I think he was in like a pretty unique situation to do well against the chiefs. And I think I'm with Anthony Lynn. So, you know, that's a really
1: interesting point. Um, And I do, I do think that the, the suddenness of the switch had something to do with Herbert's uh, immediate success against, like you said, a Super Bowl, the Super Bowl winners, right? So I, I do think that that has uh, a lot to do with it, right? Because if you spend a whole week preparing for Tyrod Taylor, who is going to probably use his feet a little bit more uh, aggressively, especially when pockets start to break down, you know, you got you got a game plan for that. When you might not see, although Herbert is fully capable of doing those things, um, you know, you're you're not necessarily planning for that. Or with with um, with with Herbert behind the helm. So, in my thought is it, it takes me back to last year with Daniel Jones, right? When Daniel Jones came onto the scene a couple of weeks into the season, led the led the Giants to a comeback win, and everyone was super excited uh, for him going forward. Um, and then over the course of the remainder of the season, he just he kind of he, that. That initial victory, I think it was against the Buccaneers of Week Three, I want to say. Um, that initial victory, you know, was more or less his plateau for the season. It was all kind of a gradual down, uh, downward slope for him. Um, and that's that was kind of my my thought process when I was saying I wasn't ready to anoint him, uh, the you know the the savior of the franchise yet, because there are so many instances where you see um, one guy come in, you know. At some random point, and just because the defense isn't necessarily ready for them, uh, puts up big numbers, puts together a good performance, and then they can't really duplicate it. Now, I think that Justin Herbert is a better overall quarterback than Daniel Jones is, especially in their rookie years. Um, if I don't, I mean, if you listen to any of our shows over the summer, I was especially in the lead up to the draft. I was one of the biggest critics of Justin Herbert, but I do believe that he is a better. Um, I think his floor is higher than Daniel Jones, and I. Tyrod Taylor is more than likely going to give you a higher floor. I'll concede that I agree with that, but if Justin Herbert is playing at that floor or just below it, I think you give the nod to the young guy, uh, who you want to hopefully see develop over the course of the season. Um, I, I don't. I see the value in keeping Taylor in, but. You know, you also want to give your talented athletic quarterback a chance to to prove that he can do something, especially if we do, if Anthony Lynn does think the team around him is good, right? A lot of these rookie quarterbacks get thrown into terrible uh, team situations where guys like Joe Burrow have no team around them. If they really feel as though this team is a good overall football team, it might be beneficial to have uh, Herbert play as often as possible if he's not hurting the team's chances of success, which based on what we saw on Sunday, he was not doing that. And,
0: and and Justin Herbert, if he, let's say he continues to start, let's say he beats the Panthers and they're like, okay, this guys are starter. He will have hiccups. I mean, from the way we saw him play in Oregon, he's, he's not a perfect prospect. He's going to have moments throughout the season where he makes head-scratching plays, where he makes head-scratching decisions and throws, and you're like, what the heck was that? It's going to happen. But if he... Shows any semblance of what he showed against the Super Bowl champion Chiefs on a regular basis. If he's even seventy or eighty percent of that quarterback on a regular basis this season, that's a, that's a win. And so, if I'm Anthony Lynn, just thinking about my job security, I might roll with the young guy because if I if I start Tyrod Taylor all season and they miss the playoffs, a team that's very talented and where playoffs are where they're shooting for, if they miss the playoffs starting Tyrod Taylor all season. Anthony Lynn might not be around anymore as, the, as the, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Whereas if they start Herbert all year, you have a rookie in. So the expectations in terms of wins aren't necessarily as high, in my opinion. But if Herbert is showing that he's the franchise guy and that with Anthony Lynn's system, as Anthony Lynn is the head coach, he's the franchise guy, then Anthony Lynn's bought himself another year. So look, he's like, look what, I, look what I did with our rookie quarterback who had to come in in a pinch, who started all these games and who played really well. I think they keep Anthony Lynn around because you hope that your quarterback stays that good. And so if I'm Anthony Lynn, I think the smarter move is to roll with the rookie, not necessarily just for his job security, not necessarily with with the vet where the ceiling, I think, is much lower.
2: Yeah, I think I think I agree with you that the ceiling is is lower. And I think it just depends on how how things sort of play out for for the Chargers, because, you know, I think there's the the vision that Anthony Lynn probably has in his mind is like, okay, look, we have a good defense. stay in games Tyrod Taylor has fewer has thrown fewer interceptions in his career I think than Philip Rivers through last season um and you know so you know what do you what do you get with Tyrod Taylor you get a a little bit of added value with the legs um in in the run game you he's he's kind of like a a version of Alex Smith where like yeah he's not going to push the ball down the field you're not going to have like a top five offense by DVOA or anything, but he's not going to make mistakes. Um, He's not going to put you in compromising positions consistently. Now we saw in, in Cleveland uh, that, that that wasn't good enough for them. And we'll see if the, if the chargers have that patience and if the defense holds up enough to make that higher floor and that lower variance worthwhile. I mean, you drop a couple of games and you're, and you're, two or three games behind the chiefs and the Raiders in the AFC West. And then maybe at that point, maybe at that point, you just say, screw it. Let's lean into variance, Let's lean into the higher ceiling. And if we, if we crash and burn, we crash and burn, but we, you know, we're already behind the eight ball. So I could see it either way, but uh, thanks for letting me up. I'll let you guys uh, keep rolling.
0: Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for chatting, Ethan. And I, I definitely see the merit in that. And I think it'll very much come down to Nick, what, what we see from Herbert, uh this week if he if he doesn't beat the Panthers I think Anthony Lynn has all the ammunition he needs uh, no matter how Herbert looks to say okay you know what we're, we're starting our vet we're we want to win some games but if he comes out and the Chargers steamroll over the Panthers he's gonna have a very hard time benching Justin Herbert
1: yeah I, I completely agree because like I said you know the and like you you, you and Ethan both alluded to you know the the ceiling is much higher with Justin Herbert um you don't know when he's going to hit that ceiling you hope it's as soon as possible, but the ceiling is much higher. And if he comes out and they destroy like you said, they destroy the Panthers. There's no, there's no point in, in keeping him on the bench anymore. Um, because like I was saying, especially if you truly feel like you've got a quality team, a good, a good uh, defense quality running game, some pretty solid receivers, pretty awesome receivers. Um, I, I think you gotta keep, you gotta roll with the higher ceiling just, just to, to take that opportunity to take that chance because you know, you you have a competitive division. You've got a competitive AFC. I think you know rolling the dice on that one might be more beneficial than sticking with what you know, right, or what the NFL knows, quote unquote, with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I completely, I completely am I'm on board with you there. So we've been on for it's been almost 25 minutes. Let's get let's Ooh. get into some of these let's get into some of these games we got coming up in week three. Uh, let's I, I want to hear what matchups are you most excited for. I want to hear how you think the uh, the injuries that, that occurred over the past week or so uh, play into some of these matchups and, you know, the whole landscape of the league at this point. And, uh, and maybe we'll get some game picks in as well.
1: Uh, let we go over our favorite matchups. Oh, man. So favorite matchups. Okay. So I think I got two favorite matchups, one on both, one on both conference. Um, the Sunday night game against the Packers and the Saints, I think is going to be super interesting. Um, yeah. The Packers have been on fire. Uh, and Drew Brees on the complete opposite side of things. Like he does not look like he has in the years past. Now, obviously, you know Father Time is undefeated. You might delay that, but it is inevitable that you're going to start losing some of your skill. I'm I'm a little hesitant to say that Drew Brees, who has looked not great uh, these first two weeks is um, I'm hesitant to say that he's starting to give in to father time, but this is going to be a really good test because they're gonna, the Packers offense has been firing on all cylinders. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Rodgers is pissed um, that Jordan Love is sitting there and they, uh, you know, he is, he's coming out to show the NFL that he's still got some game left in him. And this is going to be, it has to be, if the Saints want to keep up, it has to be a, um, a high scoring game. And I'm, I'm excited to see what can happen with that. And then the second game I'm interested in on the other side of the football world is the Raiders Patriots. And if you asked me before the season began, if I was going to have any interest in this game, I was going to tell you absolutely not. <laughs> right. There was no way I was going to be in this game because you because I think everyone kind of didn't see uh, the Raiders being as as good as they've been. Um, the, the Raiders are. I'm I'm really impressed with what they've been able to do these first couple weeks of the season. Are you
0: buying in? Are you are you buying into the Raiders now after that performance against? Like, are you saying this is a contender?
1: I I think I think I'm about ready to say that, yeah, because the Raiders they they've been winning in some pretty impressive ways and against some you know some well some some good teams, you know. Uh, I and and this is going to be a good test for them because if if they can go. And they can beat New England in New England. Um, that's going to be a huge momentum boost for them, right? With it for a team that's already playing well. Now, are they going to challenge the Chiefs for the division? No, I'm not. I'm not crazy enough to make that claim. But I think this team is going to be one to watch uh, as as we get deeper into the into the football season here.
0: So I, I love both those picks. I, I want to pick, I thought you were going to say uh, Chiefs-Ravens because I think that's everyone's uh, favorite match. In the I, wanted match to, I
1: wanted to move away from the, that because that's the yeah. obvious
0: answer. Right? Yeah. I was trying there's, to think of something that's a little a bit more fireworks in that game. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to stay away from it as well just because I think we all know that's, that's everyone. Monday Night Football is going to be, I, I wouldn't be surprised it's it's the Game be of the, the most year. Monday game Night year. Football game in a very long time. Um, and thank God we have a new booth there to, to call it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Cowboys Seahawks. I'm very, very excited for this matchup because I think this is another one. If I had to pick two highest scoring games of the week, it would be Chiefs, Ravens, and Cowboys Seahawks, because neither secondary is very strong, both with quarterbacks that are extremely hot right now. Dak Prescott putting up all kinds of points. Russell Wilson looking like a legit MVP candidate. If he doesn't get it this year, I would be very surprised if he continues to play the way he's playing right now, uh, if he doesn't get it this year. So I'm very excited for that matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if we had three or 400 yard receivers uh, in this game. I think that Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, it's just going to be shootout back and forth. And if the Cowboys want to show that they're the playoff contender that we, you know, they certainly think they are and that a lot of people predicted they would be with this ridiculously high powered offense, new head coach, Super winning head coach, uh, then I think this is a game that you at least, at the very least, need to stay very, very competitive in. And the Seahawks have been hot like no other team, so I'm not saying the Cowboys necessarily have to win to show that they're contenders, but that's that's a game to watch. Uh, and then if, if I'm picking another one, I, I want to see if Deshaun Watson can save a Texan season here. Against for the,
1: the sake of my fantasy oh. team, I want to see if he can save the <laughs> team too, man. I'm so, over, <laughs> I'm so over that. Please, for the love of God, figure it out this week. Yeah, that team, is, that team is struggling. They're just barely treading water right now. And once
0: you fall into that 0-3 hole, it's almost guaranteed that your season is is not playing into January. And the Texans are in a real, real danger right now of, of falling into that hole because the Steelers are really good right now. They're playing the Steelers at home, uh, or rather the Steelers are at home. And for Deshaun Watson to save this season, you've got to come out with a W here or else you are an 0-3 team. And you are very unlikely to make the playoffs. And Deshaun Watson, is listen, he could be magical, right, when he's at his best. But, yeah, I mean, can you expect him to do that every single damn week? Like, no, a
1: not, not with the supporting cast around him. you got to get him at least a little bit of help. He can't do it on, on his own. Yeah, and you'd think
0: that – honestly, I'm not really 100% sure what the problem is there because you'd think there are Phil some O'Brien. names there. Bill oh, O'Brien yeah. is the Phil problem O'Brien. there, and the fact that even after trading a king's ransom for Laramie Tunsil, the O line still can't block anyone, and now you're going up against Bud <laughs> Dupree and TJ Watt. Like it's 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 really sad because Deshaun Watson deserves he deserves better. So I'm very uh, I'm excited to see if uh, if we can get some magic out of Deshaun Watson to save that season because uh, you know I certainly wasn't thinking them to go 0 and 3 to start the year. Yeah, so that's I me mean, either. I I,
1: I I could have definitely said that they. I probably did say that they were a playoff contender. And if they don't win this week, it's their playoffs hopes are. I think almost mathematically, you know, unless barring a insane miracle, uh, they're they're done. They're just there's no evidence of teams of many teams going 0 three and then making a playoff run or making it, it to the playoffs. At 0-2, you're at
0: 11% to make that. That's the stat I keep seeing thrown around on social media. Right. So now. So what you're saying, Justin, is o that the
1: Dolphins teams. have a chance. The Dolphins have a chance,
0: and we're Yours. we're gonna get into this 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 Thursday night football. Do we want to do game picks first, or do we want to get into Thursday night football itself first? I think we Let, can. Let's let's talk let's talk for let's talk Thursday night a little bit, and okay. then we'll do game picks all together. We'll end with okay. that one. Okay. So what are you expecting out of this Thursday night football game? We got the beard against the mustache. It's a storyline for the ages. What are your
1: thoughts? So, so storyline story of the ages is a beard versus a mustache. That's right. And that's how bad is that that that's the storyline going into this for that's another Dolphins season. Line. It's more about the facial hair than it is the team itself. <laughs> oh God, it's painful to be to watch the Dolphins sometimes. But I think you know, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be more high scoring than teams will, um, than than a lot of people will be expecting. Um, you know, you, you look at the, the Buffalo game last week with Miami, and even though their defense was atrocious, their offense played very well and played very well against a strong Buffalo defense. Um, obviously missing a couple of guys in Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, but uh, still was able to put on uh, put up a lot of points against a, a really good defense, arguably the top five defense in, in Buffalo. So I think the offense in uh, the Miami offense is starting to click a little bit. Um, And I think Fitzpatrick knows that he has to play well or it's two a time in Miami. So I, and, and, you know, on the flip side of things, Gardner Minshew has been a revelation this season. I for one never expected Minshew mania to continue into this season the way it is. Um, They're putting up a lot of points too. And Miami's defense is not only struggling, but hurting um, with the loss of Byron Jones, who, who's not going to be playing tonight. So I think if, You know, when you look at just the the factors that are going into this, I could easily see this being a game that goes into 30-point ranges for both of these teams, and that's what I'm going to be looking at, to see how how many points we can score in this game, which probably a lot of people wrote off a long time ago. Yeah, and and can, you know,
0: Miami's often scored a lot of points against Buffalo last week, but it it took a little while to get that offense going. So can Miami maybe get off to a bit of a hotter start, you know, as opposed to having to try to claw back and score what many would call some garbage time points when
1: the game's pretty much out of reach. And but even before the garbage time points, the the offense was moving the ball. It was – that game should have been – the scoreline would have been different if they didn't have those four consecutive plays where nothing happened on the one-yard yes. line, which is yeah. – that's another thing that sometimes you can attribute to just rust, Right. That game should have been closer than it, than it was. So that garbage time points argument I don't think really applies here, at least this time. That's, trust that's me, fair. the Dolphins have scored a lot of garbage time points <laughs> in the past couple of years. But I don't think this is one of them. Uh, well, the Jags are also going to be looking to
0: get off to a bit of a hotter start. I mean, they, they scored 30 points last week, but 20 of those points came after halftime, uh, and 13 of them came in the fourth quarter when they were trying to claw back uh, against a Tennessee team that pretty much had the game uh, in hand. So whether or not the Dolphins are able to get off to a bit of a hotter start on offense and also, I mean, this Dolphins team right now, the storyline in terms of where they need to fix things, as we talked about extensively on our, our Dolphins show this week, was, is the defense, right? The defense has been horrid and Gardner Minshew has been hot. So whether or not they could contain him with a secondary that's been struggling is going to be very interesting. They're without Byron Jones out because of his groin slash Achilles injury. Uh, the Jags, on the other hand, are without DJ Chark, as is my fantasy team, by the way, um, because they DJ Chark is, uh, is nursing some some chest and back issues. So top receiver down, top cornerback down, guys will need to step up. The Dolphins promoted a practice squad player to help shore up that secondary. So they'll they'll need to defend some of these lower tier, lesser known receivers, Keelan
1: Cole, uh, Chris
0: Conley. Uh, yeah. and Tyler so,
1: and, um, and this needs to be a game that Xavier leaves his mark on because Xavier yeah. Howard played poorly last week against John Brown, um, you know, and, and you and it just looked like he was just not himself. And honestly, the last couple of seasons he hasn't looked like he's been himself. He this is a game where he could uh, kind of reestablish himself as one of those top corners in the league. He he needs a good game, and so is so does Igby. You know, Igby got beat up bad. By Diggs, this is a good confidence, potentially confidence boosting game for Noah Igbinogha. Yeah, and for that whole secondary. The the Jags running game, by the way, no slouch.
0: James Robinson. No, and that's
1: and that's no- nobody. Yeah, that's another point to bring up here is that the Dolphins' rush defense has not been great. The whole defense has been bad. Right? <laughs> let's just, let's just stop. I'm, trying, I'm gonna stop trying to sugarcoat it. It's been bad, and, and the rush defense has not been has been pretty putrid. Um, and and. You know, obviously the names aren't uh, screaming a threat for the Jacksonville team, but, you know, you can't you can't discount them uh, in terms of their ability to run the ball, which makes them a little bit more, uh, you know, it makes them less one-dimensional than the Miami offense who can't run the ball if it were to save their lives.
0: So if you're looking for a player on offense right now for Miami where they're going to go to over and over again, and I know we had a little bit of discussion on Monday you want this offense to get going. You want it to get going quickly. Who are you hitting on that first drive, that second drive, that third drive to start getting some of those points on the board right away? Is it Devontae, is it, Devontae Parker? Okay, interesting. I, I thought you'd go different directions. You're, you're, you're going Parker right away, who, by the way, probably will be covered
1: by rookie corner C.J. Henderson, who's been and one that's of the why few I'm rookies. To... By the way, he's been good, though. He's been good. He, one of the few he, he has he's been, been good. good. He has been good. I'm not. I'm not denying that. But I want to. This is a game. This is a Devontae Parker has not made his presence known the way he did last season. He needs to have a big game tonight. Um, I would say him and you know, it worked last week with Kasicki. You got to hit those two guys. Um, and, and try and, and try and you know to recreate that winning not not winning but successful offensive formula that you had last week. I think those are my two guys I'd like to see targeted early and often. Parker and Kasicki. Okay, so I'm going Gasicki as well. I mean, I, I think that this, that, that's who the Dolphins
0: offense, I believe, is going to be running through for a majority of this season. Gasicki showed last week that if you target him 12, 14 times a game, good things will happen. I mean, he's probably, uh, you know, a a significant portion of the reason that that offense was able to come back from such a deficit and almost uh, pulled the game out last week. Obviously, Fitzpatrick played on well that second half, but it's because he was able to throw these jump balls up to Gaseki and he's coming down with these one-handed catches, these leaping dives. Gusecki was everywhere on that field. Uh, so I definitely targeting Gaseki early and very, very
1: often. Also, I get the dang running game going.
0: Like, please get the That was the another game obvious
1: going. one that I didn't want to just easily take because yeah. it's frustrating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. So, Let's get into some of these other games in terms of game picks. You had a very strong week of uh, of game yes. picks. You went twelve and four last Woo. week in your in I'll your game it. picks. So strong week, wanting to build on it. If we're uh, if we're going into some of the games this week, we'll we'll you know what, Let's end off with Thursday night football as sort of our, our cap. We'll start off with a, a bit of a stinker given the injuries that have taken. Oh, got the poor 49ers
1: the 49ers yeah, we didn't, 49ers we didn't, lost everyone on the roster. Yeah, they, they I feel so bad for them because they're, they depleted is an understatement. They they need a new team. Just they need to start from scratch because everybody's hurt. Everybody who we, not only like the good players but even the backups are, are like, and the players that you don't hear as much They're all hurt. Everybody's hurt on this team. It's insane. So,
0: 49ers um, Giants, they lost Raheem Mostert, they lost Bosa, they lost uh, I think D. four, I think, is now out, out for this game. Uh, Garoppolo's not playing. Tevin Coleman's not playing. Kittle might not play. It's like the whole team. Are you still taking the
1: 49ers? No, I will take the Giants in this one. I will okay. take the Giants, even though the Giants are also dealing with their own injury issues. Um, you know, losing a quarter of your team versus losing Saquon, I think, is a little bit worse. Um, I think I think the Giants will, will get their first win of the season at home. I know there's no crowd, but at home, um, you know, and, and they're lucky they're playing San Francisco when they're this injured. I hope Miami has that same luck at some point. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Giants as well.
0: I'm I think this 49ers team. I, I think Nick Mullins showed when he had to start a couple of games a couple of years ago. He's he's not he's not the worst back of the NFL. You could count on Nick Mullins for some good plays, but you're missing a lot of players. And they the 49ers came into the season with a ton of injuries on offense, especially at the receiver position. There's not going to be so much support around Nick Mullins. And the Giants are playing for their year right now. Obviously, yep. they don't want to fall into a hole either. So I'm gonna say the Giants are able to uh, to pull one out here and uh, and start start their uh, their week three off. Uh, with a win. So that brings us to Washington football team at Cleveland Browns. One of I'm three. going Cleveland. I'm going Cleveland. Going uh, Cleveland? Okay. You know, I convinced I you last Cleveland.
1: week. You were low on Cleveland last I week. I was very low on Cleveland. You were like, dangles, no
0: question, are winning this game.
1: I was very low on Cleveland. I don't know if I was low on Cleveland. I was just high on Joe Burrow making a <laughs> statement, which okay. kind of happened. I wasn't necessarily wrong with that. Uh, they didn't uh-huh. win, but Burrow played decently well in front of the national audience. But I'm going to take Cleveland on this one. That's an interesting way to try to justify your uh, your argument there. I'm because you're. I mean, in- <laughs> re- listen to the tape, man. I was high on Burrow more than I was high on or low on the fair Browns. Enough, fair enough. Listen, I'm going to go, go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Cleveland as well at
0: home. Obviously, the home thing doesn't mean as much this season as it did in seasons past with with lack of, of fans in the stadium, but. Uh, I think the Browns are going to continue to roll. That running game is scary good. And the Washington front seven, by the way, one of the most underrated matchups of this week is Browns running game versus Washington front seven because the Washington front seven has showed that they are one of the top units in the NFL in terms of front seven. That's like five or six first round picks on that front seven. And they are tearing into offensive lines. But the Browns running game is is probably the best one-two punch in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to say the Browns running game wins it against uh, against the Washington Football Team front seven in that matchup. But I am excited to see what happens there if Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt can continue to roll. All right, we got Bengals at the saving their season Philadelphia Eagles. What are you going
1: there? I'm still. So I'm going Eagles. I'm, we are going no. Well, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me let me take a step uh, making back. Making you rethink it. Let me. You are. Let me. I was pretty confident about that, but let me let me take a step back for a second and let me. Let me just ponder a few things here. The, You know, it's do one it. of those things. Do it. Take Burrow. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz needs to have a big game, and if he doesn't have it here, he's going to have a problem. But you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Burrow. Burrow gets the win. Yes. There it is. Okay. Burrow going, gets the win.
0: I'm saying for the sake of the Eagles season and my fantasy season, as all you listeners can probably tell I'm struggling right now in fantasy, I'm going to say Carson Wentz. Saves oh, both my team and his purpose. team. You did that on purpose. You I, talked me into it have. so you could try and. I may have. I because we're both this? twelve and four. We're both twelve and four right now in the game text because we we missed week once. So we're both twelve and four right now, and I gotta gotta get a leg up on you somehow. So playing a little bit of mind games here. Let's all See right, if I can do right. it again. Raiders at Patriots. This is
1: uh, this is going to be such a good game. Um, you, you talked up the Raiders real, I did. real good in that. I did. I talked up the Raiders. Segment. I think this is going to be a big test for uh, for Derek Carr. I think that this uh, – it's going to be a, a good test, I think, for Cam Newton as well. Um, this, this is – for me, and I don't know if how many other people out there agree, but this is kind of a toss-up game for me. Um, and in toss-up games with Bill Belichick involved, I have to go with the Patriots. Oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. You couldn't, you, you could I, I I Listen, I, that's not to take away from, I think this is going to be a great football game. I think, you know, like, like yeah. you talked about earlier, everyone's focused on Ravens Chiefs, right? But I think this is going to be a really, really good football game. And you should, if you don't have, uh, if, you, <laughs> if you're not stuck watching Niners Giants, you should try and find this game. This is going to be a good football game. So Bears Falcons, and I'm
0: going to have a, a, an, an extra question attached to this one. Bears are 2-0. Falcons are 0-2. Are the Bears 2-0 pretenders, and can the Falcons turn it around?
1: And, of course, what's your pick at this game? Uh, I don't think that the, I, I don't think the Falcons are going to be able to turn it around in the sense of making the playoffs this year. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that division is too stacked against them. I can't see them uh, ma- making the playoffs. So turning it around from 0-2, I could see them going like a six and ten, seven and nine. The Bears are interesting um, because, uh, again, that's one of those one of those teams that I just didn't really expect a whole lot out of, um, and they've really they've really impressed me over the over the first couple of weeks, especially with that come behind victory in Week One. I am going to take the Bears in this one. I'm going to take the Bears rolling, um, but I still. I take that – I say that with a lot of hesitation because based on your question, I don't necessarily think they're pretenders, but they are not – I don't think they're going to – when they play Green Bay, I think a lot of flaws are going to be exposed.
0: Okay. So I'm, I'm going Falcons here uh, with uh, – coming off that heartbreaking loss, I'm going to say the Falcons take that, use it as momentum – and for whatever it's worth, take that and uh, and fire themselves up to win this game. It's mostly because I don't believe in the Bears, though. I, they they've beaten two very lackluster teams, uh, in honestly, in, uh, in not necessarily super convincing fashion either. Uh, right. and, and I don't I don't trust Mitch Trubisky. The Falcons' offense has been hot, and even if Julio Jones can't play in this game because of his hamstring injury, by the way, another fantasy player of mine. So how wonderful <laughs> is that? Uh, then I. I still think this Falcons offense is going to be able to score more points than a Bears offense that I very much don't trust. I think the Bears are what you'd call a pretender right now at uh, at two and zero. I still don't think they're making the playoffs despite starting two and zero.
1: But Mitt, you, you got to give Trubisky some credit though. He's playing yes, really well. In the season.
0: He's yes, he's he, and I don't even know if I call it really well. I call it really well for Mitch Trubisky. He's he's not well, Mitch two forty two.
1: What did he have last year? Like two forty or last week? Two forty two and three touchdowns. Right. That's that's. That's good by most standards, yeah. is it not? He's
0: been he's been playing solid football. I I don't know. The reason I'm saying that is because I don't know if I'd call him the reason they're winning. The whole football team, the whole Bears team, is playing quality enough football to win games. Uh, I'm i I'm not ready to say, you know, to buy in on Mitch Trubisky's, which I know you're not saying, but yes, he does deserve some credit for for better than Mitch Trubisky play. It's probably you, uh, above average play.
1: Thank you. Rams bro. at Bills. Bills. Okay. Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are a good football team. They're a damn good football team. Um uh, across the board. Uh, they are they're good at running the ball. They're good at uh, Josh Allen. I'm not ready to say he's accurate yet, but he he impressed me last week. Um and that defense, even though uh, Miami put up a bunch of points against him, that defense is still very good. I'm going Buffalo. Okay, so it's across I- it's a cross country trip, too. Don't forget that.
0: It is. That's true. And I, I honestly, I really like what I've seen from the Rams. The Rams are looking much more like the Sean McVay Rams that we all loved yes. when they were that super high-powered offense. They're not necessarily putting up 50 points right now, but the the Rams offense in general is much more complete. I'm a little worried, though, uh, a Rams team that really counts on its running game with two nicked-up running backs. You have Daryl Henderson playing, who's coming off a training camp hamstring injury. You have Malcolm Brown, who has who just got surgery on his pinky or something. And it's currently limited <laughs> in practice. You have Cam Akers who has ram uh, uh, rib cartilage damage. So, with the team that relies so much on its running game, with three running backs that are not necessarily at full strength, I'm a little worried. Which is why I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bills as well. By the way, I don't own any of those injured players in fantasy. So, there's there's somebody a little tried bit of... to
1: trade me one though in our league. Somebody tried to trade me one, and I was like, come on now, you don't think yeah, I pay I, attention? You can you see the I mean? injury report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, uh, we've got oh, we've got uh, we've got. Texans at Steelers. And, uh, Blaz, thank you very much for that, that compliment in the chat. We very much appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, Texans at Steelers, what do you got?
1: I, ooh, this is another top, uh, good game, uh, I think. I, I think the Steelers are going to take it. I, I can't. Pittsburgh at home with Deshaun Watson not playing his best and with a, with a, a weak supporting cast, I just can't. As much as I, Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the game, and I just I can't I can't pick him in this one. Oh and, and that three sucks. Texans. I think you're gonna wow. see Owen three Texans, but I think that's good, Justin. I think we want to see Owen three Texans because we want to see Owen three Texans so that the Texans hire someone so they can fire Bill O'Brien. Because he can't <laughs> fire himself.
0: That's true. And he has he's also in the GM position. I I think the Steelers front seven against that Texans O line. It's just such a scary thing for Deshaun Watson and for I the I TJ Watt's going to hit home in this game. Vlad Dupree is going to hit home in this game. Big Ben seems to be totally fine right now despite the offseason elbow surgery. Uh, I know Juju's hurt right now, but they have a lot of weapons now. Claypool has made some splash plays. Deontay Johnson is playing well. James Conner seems to be healthy enough. Benny Snell's behind him, so... I'm much more confident in the Steelers, and despite the fact that I don't want to see an 0-3 Texans team because I also really like Deshaun Watson, I think it's It's just Texas. they don't
1: have the weapons. They just don't have the weapons for this for this kind of game. They just don't. You know, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, those, those guys just – even David Johnson is just not going to – They're all complementary
0: pieces. Exactly,
1: so exactly. Okay, that brings us to another AFC South team, Titans at Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Titans Titans didn't, you know, giving up a lot of points there at the end of that game to make it competitive against the Jacksonville Jaguars makes me feel a little uncomfortable. But Ryan Tannehill is playing some, you know, some pretty good football. Uh, you know, and it also, you know, I just wanted to take a quick second here to, to once again say that Tannehill was not the problem in Miami. It was it was a variety of other things. One of them, one of those other things, was Adam Gase. But Tannehill was not the problem. I'm very happy that Ryan Tannehill has been able to play uh, the the way he's been able to play, and with the supporting cast that can support him. Sorry, that's my little my little uh, show some love to Tannehill moment. I felt it was necessary. I um, feel Who I'm taking though? That's that's a little trickier. I think I think I'm going to take. Vikings are 0 and 2 right now. By the way, this is another
0: save your season. I know. I think. Game.
1: I think I'm gonna take the Vikings. I think I'm gonna take the Vikings because of the 0 2 season. Kirk Cousins needs to show up. Needs to play well um, at home. Get the running game going, uh, and, and and get yourselves a victory to keep you relevant. I'm gonna go Vikings. Excellent. I pushed you into the wrong choice again. It's the the, the Titans. No, are I don't. Growing. I don't. But see, but I don't think that's the wrong choice. The other one, Burrow, you got me. But I don't think that's the wrong choice because I think. <laughs> I, I think the Vikings need this win.
0: They do. But Kirk Cousins has been bad. And the thing that makes me pick the Titans more, you know, very confidently is the fact that the Vikings were absolutely mauled in the running game in both of their last two matchups. And Titans have Derrick Henry and really strong line. And so uh, with that in mind, despite the fact that I am flabbergasted, to use your word from earlier this episode, at the current state of the Vikings team... I uh, I'm going Titans. That brings us to matchup. You already touched on a little bit. Panthers at chargers.
1: Panthers at chargers. I'm going to go, I'm going to go chargers. I'm going to go chargers here. Uh, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think, you know, I think he's still coming into a brand new team. Uh, I'm going to go chargers. I'm going to say Justin Herbert gets the win. Okay. I'm going to go Panthers here. Uh, oh, see, I, this is this is the week where we separate ourselves from each other. Yeah.
0: I'm going to go Panthers because Herbert had a really hot game, but now they see him coming. They know he's coming. And despite the fact that I talked up Herbert and I really liked what I saw from him in that Chiefs game, I'm going to say that the Panthers are able to capitalize on some of those rookie mistakes. You have a safer quarterback on the other side of Teddy Bridgewater. And I know, I'm sure there are a lot of people saying, what, there's no Christian McCaffrey. What the heck is that offense going to do? There are still some weapons there. DJ Moore, Roby Anderson, Curtis Samuel, nice trio of receivers. Uh, and you know you have uh, Ian Thomas emerging fed and so i think i think the panthers are able to figure it out enough with herbert that they come out with a win we've justin, got yeah
1: justin wait can, can we just skip the next one <laughs> we know what we're going to pick right like, uh, so give me just... give me one word answer one word answer we got we got got we got to talk about it. colts
0: likes the colts here colts. it's jets jets and colts i'm
1: sorry i'm sorry colts oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going Colts as well. No, no, no question. The,
1: I yeah. can't. No way. That's I would rather ride with Burrow the rest of the season. Okay.
0: I, I know <laughs> I said one word, but can we can we just acknowledge the fact that Braxton Berrios, who, by the way, Miami alum, I, I like Braxton Berrios. But he's currently the Jets number one wide receiver. That's <laughs> hysterical to me.
2: That's honestly. So, okay, I feel so bad. I did not it, know it's because
0: of injury and which is obviously very sad. I'm sorry for
1: the Jets players. But Braxton Berrios is the number one receiver. That's just, Listen to to any Jet fan good. that's listening. This is take these losses because that will mean the end of the Gase era in New York, and you might sure. actually stand a chance.
0: There's you, a petition. There's a petition going around the internet right now of uh, people this. people from other NFL. Te- there's there's two there's two. There's a petition going around the NFL from other NFL teams fans trying to keep Gase in New York, and then there's like one going around of Jets fans and they're like rioting. They're they're apparently like going out to protest. Adam Gates that's around amazing. the Jets facility, which is just okay, it's not it's not good in New York right now.
1: That, that's right. I mean, as as like a Dolphins fan who loves chaos within the Jets organization, that's wonderful. But from a Jet perspective, I'm sorry. I I want him fired for you guys, too. I do. Cowboys at Seahawks. I You talked about this game. I think this is going to be a great another great football game. I think we got a lot of really good games this week. Um, I'm going with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is playing lights out football. He looks incredible. He looks like an MVP. He is going. He is so good at football and sometimes so underrated. No disrespect to Dak, who you know put up a bajillion yards last last week and ended up getting the team to win. But I have to take the Seahawks in this one. I just can't. I can't bet against Russ. Yeah, Seahawks have been
0: hot, and I'm expecting that to continue against the lackluster Cowboys. Secondary, Russ throws for another bunch of touchdowns and uh, puts some very big numbers against this Cowboys team. High-scoring game, I think. Cowboys will keep up, but Russ comes out with it in the end. Here's one of the, uh, one of the more lackluster games of the week. We got Lions at Cardinals, which I think is not
1: going to be close. I don't think so either. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think the Cardinals are going to wreck them. That's my analysis. I'm in on that, and that brings us to Bucks at Broncos. I'm going to go Bucks. Uh, Brady looked much better last week. the 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 Bucks overall looked much better last week. Put together a pretty solid performance against the Panthers. Um, you know Brady still obviously is is coming into coming into this team. He needs to continue to get better. But if they can get another hundred yard, two touchdown performance from Leonard Fournette, they're they're going to be in good shape. And the way that the Broncos have been hurt the last week over the course of this last week, it's just um, I I can't I can't pick them. Couldn't could wouldn't pick them probably to begin with. Can't pick them with the injuries. Cortez and yeah, Drew Locke. Without those guys, you don't. I don't think you stand a chance.
0: I've been high on the Broncos this season. I really, I really like what the GM, what John Elway did, in molding that offense around lock, But like you said, with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, I just can't confidently pick uh, them against Tom Brady and the Bucks. So that brings us to we got three left. We got, we got our two prime, we got our three prime time games left. We got. Let's start off with Sunday night
1: Packers at Saints. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They have similarly to the Seahawks, they have been on fire. Uh, the Saints have looked a little rusty. Uh, Michael Thomas is still, I think he's still questionable at this point. Um, so you don't know if you're going to have him back, uh, which I think does make a major difference in this game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers. I, I just, you know, I said Russell Wilson's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is above him in terms of my favorite quarterbacks. I, I'm going to go with Rodgers in the pack. Yeah, and I would have never pegged
0: the Saints to start one and two, but the Packers look so hot, and the the Saints just so don't. Even against even against the Bucks in that game, a lot of things went the Saints' way. A couple of uh, you know crazy turnovers. There was like a a muffed a muffed punt here. There was another fumble right. there. The Saints they don't look like a bad football team. They're still a top ten football team, but the Packers are hot right now. Aaron Rodgers is hot, and that ground game is scorching. So. Uh, for me it's the Packers as well. We've got two primetime games left. We got Thursday night, but before
1: we hit Thursday night, let's get your Monday night pick, Chiefs, at Ooh, Ravens. this is this is more than game likely of the week. gonna be the this is yeah, it's a game of the week, you know, and it sucks that game other season. It's, it's honestly season. it's probably the game of the season. Let's be honest with each other. Um, I you know, both these teams, incredible quarterbacks, incredible rosters, um Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, this is this is the matchup that the world wanted to see. Uh, and I know that's like a very basic talking heads kind of point of view, but it really is. And if you're a football fan, this is this is what you sign up for.
0: You've cleared um, your schedule for Monday night if you are a football right, fan.
1: Right. You're not doing anything Monday night. And if you are, change your plans. You're going to watch <laughs> this game. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens. Okay. I really thought you were going to take Ravens. the Chiefs because you are, you
0: are all. I mean, everyone's in on Patrick Mahomes, but I, th- I don't think if you, in all the uh, all the football <laughs> analysis we've done together, I'm not sure you've ever picked against the Chiefs. So, and
1: yeah, I, I think you are. Yeah, I think there's a first time for everything. I think, uh, I think, I think Lamar is just is. You know, the Chiefs didn't didn't play well last week, and that's part of the reason why I'm going with the with the Ravens here because they they kind of got. Uh, swashbuckled by the by the charges there for a little wow, bit oh look at the words you're putting into today's podcast i, I had to i don't know have why that word was in my head but i had to throw it in there um so I, I think i think that that's gonna have a little bit of a carryover effect again i think this is going to be a huge uh a big scoring game i, I think that i think the ravens defense is just really 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 good really good um, and I think they're going to be able to slow down the the Chiefs' offense at least enough to get a, a small victory out of this one. So I'm going to go with the Ravens.
0: Okay, I'm going Chiefs just because – Just because you can? Patrick Mahomes. Just because I can. Why not? Uh, yeah, Why I, not? I, I think it's going to be such a fun game to watch. I mean, I'm kind of picking the Chiefs because you picked the Ravens. If you picked the Chiefs, I probably would have picked uh, – just, just for it's the – to- I, I
1: truly do think it's a toss-up game because both of these so offenses and – Although I think I would give the edge to the Baltimore defense than I would yes. the, the, the the Kansas City defense. So I think that's where I'm coming into this a little bit. I'm gonna yes, that's why I'm, The Chiefs defense is not I'm trying to continue to talk myself into this pick. I keep, you know. All We've got our hometown
0: team, our Miami Dolphins, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the game of the week, really, that you've all been waiting for, your Thursday night primetime matchup. Not really. So – your hometown (laughs) team or the Gardner Minshew mustache mania led
1: Jacksonville Jaguars. I did this last week and it was obviously, you know, actually it was closer than I thought it was going to be when I, when I made the prediction, I'm going with the dolphins. I'm going to, I'm going to say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to show that his beard is superior to Minshew's mustache. (laughs) And I think that this is going to be the first win of the season for this team. And he's going to hold off the two attack for at least another week. Um, in terms of numbers, right? I think score prediction. I'm gonna go with a with a solid 28-24 uh, Miami victory. How are we? Good. Wow, we're very close. I was actually I was gonna go
0: 27-23 Miami. <laughs> so, I, I swear, I this is not after you said 28-23. 27-23 was my pick for this game. Uh, I think we're gonna see uh, a couple of field goals by each team because these are not perfect offenses by any stretch. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure I, I can count on Miami to score, uh, four touchdowns. And I think they may have last week. So I'm not sure I can count them two weeks in a row, but I'm going to say 27, 23, it's a toss up here nor there in terms of the score. But, uh, I think the dolphins pull this out. This is actually, it should be a pretty close game, Both of these teams are in pretty similar stages of a rebuild. Uh, both offenses have been pretty strong in spurts so far over the past couple of weeks. Both defenses have been pretty meh, although the Dolphins have certainly been worse. But uh, I think after last week's absolute beatdown by the uh, the Bills' offense, that Flores cooks a little bit more of something up to, to halt Minshew uh, and the Jags. And they're, uh, they're surprisingly spunky team in this game.
1: So uh, I'm going Dolphins there. You use spunky and spurts in your... Uh, I did. Yeah, you know, and, we're, we're and breaking out... Breaking out all the vocab words on today. Yeah, show. but spurts, I didn't like spurts. That was
0: weird. Oh, no? Oh, I didn't I'm like sorry. spurts. Nope. I'll, nope, I'll come like up you. with something else next. Okay. <laughs> My apologies. All right. That is uh, – those are our game picks for the week. We have to take from the balls. Ah, Saul talking about the Miami Dolphins fight song in the chat. I love that. Yes. Someone posted it on Twitter today, and it, like I listened. It's, 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 I was, it gives me a smile every single. Yeah, go, go, sing.
1: No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't want to ruin the day. I don't. We've had a great episode. I want to ruin the day with my singing.
0: Oh man. Um, okay, that's for another episode. We'll definitely we'll do a, a Miami Dolphins fight song, fight song sing along in a different episode. But uh, we went just over an hour today. This is one of our longest shows, actually. I think we've ever done. So thank you all so much for for sticking through for the whole show and listening here. Uh, on the Locker Room app. For anyone who might not know yet, we're hosting our show on the Locker Room app uh, live. We got our listeners here, so thank you very much, everyone, for being here. Our schedule obviously changed a little bit this week, given that the Dolphins played on Thursday night. But generally, we're Dolphins post game on Monday. We got our All NFL show today on Thursday, and we generally do our uh, our Dolphins pre game, which obviously was a little bit of our Thursday night discussion today on Fridays before the uh, before the weekend. So. We will be back next week with some more football for you. But for everyone who is here, once again, thank you very much for listening. And we'll be talking to you again soon.